You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast 234, Tim, David, we're going to talk about Google, we're going to talk about the new Fire HD, what is it, the 8? Check this out. Tech fan 234. I'm Tim Robertson. Hey, look, there's David Cohen. Hey, David. Hello. So it's uh, that time of the year. A lot of deliveries being made all over the place because of Christmas. You order a lot of stuff online this yeah. year? Uh, in fact, I'd probably buy more stuff online the rest of the year than I've been buying at the moment. But we, we celebrate Hanukkah, so... Um, we don't we don't have that big drive towards buying a big gob of presents for one day. Mm-hmm. We're actually in Hanukkah at the moment, and um, this year actually we're just giving the kids kind of coins every day rather than presents. So no, not actually not too much. But the rest of the year, I've got stuff coming all the time. I I did notice that the Amazon lockers at my work um, are full. I had some stuff to return, and normally I return it through the locker, just drop it in there, and Amazon comes to take it away. And at the moment, I can't do that because they're all full. So I imagine everyone else is buying like crazy. Yeah, it's that. I mean, I, I see delivery trucks on my road, on my street, probably once every two hours. And yeah. I usually see maybe twice a day when FedEx and UPS comes. Yeah. So. Well, he, I mean, here in, the, here in the UK, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Black Friday and how we kind of adopted it yeah the uh the retail results came out and apparently um it wasn't a big bumper sales day for most of the brick and mortar stores here but online did gangbusters on yeah, friday that doesn't surprise me a bit yeah i mean it, it's just too convenient to buy online it really yeah. is yeah absolutely hold on david there let's e- uh let, hold on one second mm-hmm. and through the editing magic of garage band we're back we're back. I didn't so, check. So I didn't check Am- my uh, my uh, levels. That's why I had to check that real quick. All right, I see. So Amazon. So going back to uh, yeah, Amazon. Uh, they're actually running a TV ad here at the moment. I don't know if it's on the states, um, where these kids are going. Uh, you know, they're kind of getting excited for Christmas, and and they keep going up to the parents, going, "Oh, can I help you bring stuff in from the car?" And the fathers going, "No, I haven't got anything." And they're just going, "Normally they're going out shopping. Why are they not doing it? Maybe we're not getting any presents this year." And then you see the the adults on the computer you know ordering this ordering that all through amazon you know yep. so they, they kind of capitalize on the fact they know that people find it much more convenient than having to you know schlep around the shops when everyone else is out there well i could tell you um i've done some of my christmas shopping it's about 50 50 to be honest between online and you know going to retail stores there's just nothing can really beat going into a store if you're not certain what you want to buy somebody uh, yeah. You just need some ideas. It's really difficult to use Amazon. I mean, mm-hmm. Amazon's great if you know what you want to buy, and you go there, yeah. and they usually have some of the best prices, and click, and you're done. But And look, you and I are both Prime members, so we know we're not going to have to pay shipping. It's going to be here yeah. in two days. We're good to go. Sometimes it's the very next day. So, you know, like my parents... They're, I don't know what I'm getting them this year still. And 
nothing beats going into a store and just walking up and down some aisles. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, that's what I did yesterday. And we found a few things that, uh, we didn't know we were going to buy as, as gifts this year. I still haven't got my parents anything yet though. No. no. So, so I had, we, we've been doing secret Santa in the office and, uh, we had to have our presents in by yesterday. And I realized Tuesday that I hadn't got anything for my, uh, secret Santa recipient. And, uh, I had, I ended up hitting Amazon for that because, uh, you know, I kind of sat down and thought what I could get for him and then, you know, went looking for it. And we have uh, Prime gives us free next day here, so uh, it's next day on everything. So well, I knew you're that not I smaller than it. the US too. Yeah, that's right. So um, I knew I could have it, but uh, but it just guys say if I'd wanted to go browsing for something, I could have been sat in the computer for hours, not getting anywhere. Yeah, with Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got a delivery earlier today. Oh, I guess maybe an hour ago at this point, and. You know, there was two Amazon boxes and one Best Buy box. Mm-hmm. And I knew what the Best Buy was. <clears throat> but with Amazon, I, you know, I've been ordering a lot of stuff from them lately. So I, I had no idea what was going to be in this box. But it, it didn't come in the standard Prime box. You know what I mean? With the tape and it says Amazon yeah. Prime on there. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe I bought something from one of the resellers that sell through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that you have to be aware of, that not everything you buy on Amazon is coming from Amazon. It might not yeah. be in their warehouse. It might not ship through Amazon. <clears throat> a lot of third parties use Amazon as a storefront. In fact, OWC sells some stuff through Amazon. So if it's not coming from Amazon, it could come in a different box. Yeah. So I saw this box, but it said it was from Amazon, but it didn't have the Prime thing on there. I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So I break out my uh, trusty handy-dandy knife and open up the package. And lo and behold, Amazon decided it's time for me to review another one of their products. All right. Okay. I wasn't expecting it. I, I They didn't let me know via email. Usually they'll send me an email and go, hey, Tim, we've got, you know, like the new Fire TV. Would you like to review it? And I say, yeah, I, or no, or, you know, I, I, I turn down about as much as I accept. Uh, from Amazon because, quite honestly, I, I'm really busy. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I like to review their stuff. We're both fans of their services, and so far the products have lived up to the hype. So I was surprised to see something from Amazon, and the packaging was totally different from years previous when I got something from them in this category. And when I looked at it, I thought, well, is is that what that is? I'm not sure. So what I'm going to do, David, let me... Uh, this might take a well. You know what? I'm going to put it in our notes so you can see it. This was oh, you know what? I think I threw that picture in the trash. Oh my gosh, David! I threw it in the trash. I'm so bad. Mm, those um, bits are lost forever. No, <laughs> it's right here. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, you know what? Though it's a huge file. Maybe I should. I don't know. I think I ought to shrink it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now it's it's gigantic. So through the power of Photoshop, let's go and say instead of 326, 640 by 248, 480, or I'm sorry, 3264 by, let's just say I'm going to make the width 1000. Yeah, that's more manageable. All right, David. So this is, I'm going to send this via our notes. I think that, does it work with online graphics? I think so. All right. It's in there. See if you can see it in our notes. It kind of pushed it onto page two. Right. The packaging 
Yeah, I can see it. All right. So that's mm-hmm. what I got. It is the new Fire HD 8. And mm-hmm. darn if it doesn't seem like I just got done reviewing the Fire HD 7. Yeah. And in fact, I reviewed the Fire HD 7 in January. So it's been 11 months since I, I did a product review on a Fire for Amazon. I didn't realize it had been that long. Did you? No. Um, no. I got to say, uh, having had it for an hour, and in that hour had talked to like three different people on the telephone, <laughs> Yeah, I, I really haven't had a chance to play with it at all. I, I, down, I started a couple things to download, and I, it seemed smaller to me. It really did. It was like, wait a minute, this seems smaller than the one that I reviewed last year. So I pulled it out. And I'm putting this photo in there. Oh, that's the wrong one. Oh, come on. There we go. All right. Um, I just put the uh, another photo in there, David. Mm-hmm. And this is the photo that I'll actually use for the show notes. Okay. It compares the size, the physical size, between the Fire HD 7 and the Fire HD 8. Yeah. The HD 8 is significantly smaller. So, hang on a minute. So, the HD 8 is the green one? Is the green one, yes. No. Yes. Now the height—it looks, looks a lot smaller. It, it, it really, really does. You know, yeah. I haven't. I'm going to take it out of the case. Uh, let me turn off the screen. I'm going to take it out of the case, and I'm also going to take out the HD7 out of the case, and just right here in audio land, kind uh-huh. of compare the two. Now, look, I was really impressed with the eight, or I'm sorry, with the seven. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually, actually. I've noticed. Oh, it's 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 not as wide. It's the height is exactly the same. Yeah, pretty much. But there's a good two, maybe even three inches in width. If you're holding it vertically, right? I mean, it's significant. But here's the thing: the the actual screens. No, they're different too. They they've got the same height, but the width, if you're holding it vertically, is smaller. So, because it has the extra height, they can still say it's bigger because they they measure corner to corner. Yeah, because yeah. It, the the screen itself is taller, but it's not as wide. Yeah, um, and, and that's also it's also a higher resolution screen than the seven inch. Oh, I gotta well. say, just just opening up and looking at it for a few minutes, the the screen resolution seems better. Yeah, it is. It is. It's. Um, 1280 by 800 centimeters. Oh, that's not bad. 1024 by 600. That's not bad at all. And I will say, just scrolling around on it, uh, yeah. It it seems peppier. Mm. It seems faster. You would kind of expect that, wouldn't you? I I would hope so. The thing is, you like the 7. I did. I I like the 7 a lot. I mean, in my view, the, 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 the... the real thing the eight has going over the seven is that the eight has an SD card slot, whereas the seven didn't. Yeah, so it's so expandable up to 128 gigabytes. Of but if you're storage. not bothered by that, I've seen the seven everywhere on discount. Uh, I mean, it's but most places are selling it here in the UK at the same price as the new six. Huh. So you could have a much better tablet than the six for the same sort of money if you don't mind buying last year's model. I, I would definitely go with the seven over. Yeah. yeah, and but here's the thing. Um, I ran into a problem, and this happened during my off time from TechFan for that six weeks that I wasn't here. 
Uh, I opened up my Fire HD7. I wanted to do something on it. I don't even remember what I was going to do now. And it said when I opened it up that I was logged out because I was out of storage space. Mm-hmm. And that I needed to... Oh, no. Let me take that. I take it back. It wasn't It wasn't logged in because it, it couldn't connect to the network. All right. So please okay. sign into the network. Okay. Mm-hmm. No problem. Uh, so I go to sign into the network and it says, oh, you know what? You're, you're, we've signed you out of this device because you're out of storage. Please sign into your device and delete some stuff off of here. It's, it's completely full. Okay. No problem. But before I can sign into my account, I have to sign into the network, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it won't let me sign into the network because the storage is completely full. And had you done anything to to fill nothing, the storage up? Nothing that I'm aware of. I, I yeah. don't know what happened. And so I was in this recursive loop of three steps that I couldn't get past any of them. I couldn't sign into the device to delete stuff. I couldn't sign into the network because it wouldn't let me because it was full. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't delete anything because I couldn't sign into the account. There was yeah. nothing I could do. And so I had to completely reset the device. So I called mm-hmm. Amazon because I was I was like, how do I reset this thing mm-hmm. without being able to log into it? Well, there's a step that you go, you, you got to push a couple buttons or something. And then it says, oh, you, do you want to reset this? And I said, yes. And then I did not restore it from a backup because the backup would have been full. Yeah. Now this is the eight gigabyte model, and that's the same as the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fire HD eight has an eight inch HD display, Wi Fi, eight gigabytes, and I, I I I ran out of space. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do with the HD seven to put more space in it. But with the H uh-huh. um, with the HD seven, you know, I'm stuck at eight gigs. With the yeah. HD eight, with that SD card slot totally worth it that's that yeah, right there is the price of admission because i i had that problem i ran out of storage space yeah and you know the price of despite the fact apple charges like a hundred dollars to go between each each thing the price of a 64 um gigabyte sd card is about is will probably cost you less than ten dollars oh easily yeah and, yeah and the 120s are, less, are around 20 bucks yeah so yeah good deal uh, Right now, it's uh, list price is one forty nine ninety nine, uh, with Prime it's one twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, that's about all I know about it so far. It, it seems yeah. faster and it has expandable memory and it has a better screen. See, I, I find this interesting because, however goodly or badly you rate these tablets, the Amazon tablets, they're they're certainly a cut above what you used to. Sp- to get for this sort of price point. Oh, no question. A, a no-name Chinese Android tablet. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, just take that, a look at what happened to me with the HD7. I ran out of storage space, and I didn't. I, I did my search on the internet. I couldn't figure out how to reset it from a physical standpoint because I couldn't log into it. And I just simply called Amazon, and within two minutes, my problem was solved. Do that with a cheap Chinese knockoff. Good luck. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And also as well, if you break it or it fails, you call Amazon, and the next day you'll have another one. Because well, the lady said, I, you know, I had only, only had it since uh, December of last year, that if they couldn't get me to restore it, they were just going to send me another one. Right. But yeah. I got it restored, and I, I didn't need another one. I mean... I don't use the HD7 very often, to be honest. So the it's thing is, practically uh, yeah. brand new. 
I I know a lot of people who uh, who use these kind of tablets because they you know remember when the iPad came out and people said oh it's just for consumption you can't yeah. do anything else on it well a lot of people actually use this sort of tablet for consumption yep. they read on them they watch videos on them uh, they do a bit of browsing in the e- and email and that sort of thing but they don't use it for anything and some games but they don't use it for anything else and they don't those somebody in that kind of frame of mind does not want to drop four hundred dollars on an iPad no. When you when you can get something that that in their mind for what they want to use it for is just as good for one hundred thirty dollars, and and I do wonder you know that there's been this big thing about iPad sales slowing down. I wonder if this is part of the reason is that a lot of the use cases just people just think I don't need to go as even though we all accept the iPad is a much better device they they think I don't need to go as far as that and it's it's not so long ago that. To get the best Android tablet, you're looking at a Google Nexus, and that, even though it's cheaper than the iPad, it was a lot more than these are. Yeah, it's. I'm trying to. Hmm. All right, I'm trying to open up a book. Um. Right. Boy, this isn't working right. Let's go. Just let's go to my home screen. Uh, it doesn't show my book there, so I'll go to books. And I can see the book. It's a new book from uh, Richard Phillips called Dead Shift. Right. Uh, see all my books. Okay. From the home screen, I couldn't. It wouldn't open the book. I had to click See All is Books, it, and then it opened up. Is it because you haven't downloaded it? No, I had a download. I had yeah. downloaded it. That was one of the first things I did. Oh wow, it looks really good too. Mm-hmm. The the text on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. Hmm. I've not seen this, but this is this brand new. This book. This is um. This is you had this guy on um, tech fan, yeah. On tech fan in the yeah. early days. Uh, he right. wrote he yeah. wrote the first series of books, the Raw Agenda. There was three yeah. books, and then one of the characters was like this ex CIA guy or something. And what he did was he went back in time and he's telling this guy's story of how he became Jack the Ripper. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been really good. And this is the last book in the series, so I'm slowly reading it. Unlike T.R. Harris's books, <laughs> I, I seem yeah. to speed right through those. Uh, I'm, I'm taking my time. I've been busy, oh. too. So I, you know, I'm glad you pointed this out to me because the uh, it's currently free on Kindle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, but you got to you got to read oh, them. Oh in no, order. hang on a minute. That's for Kindle Unlimited. So you got to be subscribed to that. But it's it, it's only it's only one pound twenty five, and so are the other two. So yeah, they're good I'm, books. Read them. I'm going to get the whole lot. And so he is. I know coming out next year with the sequel to the Row Agenda. Mm-hmm. So I, what he's kind of doing is setting up, you know, the last trilogy of books with yeah. this series too. And uh, it's been really good. I've I've really enjoyed him. He's a good writer. Richard Phillips is. Um, like you said, we had him here on Tech Fan. You know, I we're mm-hmm. saying that, but we should probably be generous and point to that episode because it was a really good uh, interview. Let me do a quick yeah. search of the site. Richard Phillips. We had him on episode twenty four, March twenty eleven. So I'll put a link into the show notes for. That episode, although it looks kind of screwed up on our website. What's going on with that? Oh, nope, there it is. Uh, yeah, so I'll put that into the uh, show notes, and people can take a listen to that one if they want as well. Cool. But, yeah, it's a good book, and it looks really good on this new Kindle. Um, 
Yeah, the whole the whole series of three I've just I've just bought and then it's got it's downloaded to my Paperwhite upstairs and uh, yeah, kind of for less than the price of a cheap airport paperback, got the whole three books. So I'm kind of kind of stoked with that. Yeah, it's it's a good story. I like it. I've I've liked it since day one, so that helps as well. Um, anything else going on with you lately? I mean, we do have some feedback. We'll get to that in the second half of the show. Yeah, but. it's it's kind of a funny time of year, isn't it? Because the, it is. there's not going on in the tech industry. There are a couple of weird things going on, but um, I guess we'll get to those later. I, I, I you remember I told you last week that I was getting that Mac Pro, so that arrived. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm really, really kind of pleased with it. The only thing that bummed me out is that the uh, when I opened up the side, they hadn't put all they hadn't left all the drive sleds in there. So um, it's missing the sleds themselves. Yeah, they, the, 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 it came with one 250 gig drive, and that has a sled, obviously. But the other three, the empty ones, are missing. So I can't put any more drives in it, and I've got mm. an SSD I need to put in there. So, but it, you know, this is a. This is a decent uh, retailer. I, I emailed them and I said, look, it's missing the sleds. I really need at least two. And they said, oh, fine, we'll, we'll find them and send them to you. So so that's cool. But, yeah, I've got it set up. It's, it's funny. You forget how hot those things run. <laughs> I left I left some stuff behind it because it's under my desk. <laughs> not not right t- – I'm not stupid enough to leave it right touching up against it, but probably about six, seven inches away from the back of the computer. And, and one of them was like a cloth bag. I went to pick it up and it was it – was, I mean, it felt like it had been in the tumble dryer. It was that warm, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, it's, it's a really good machine. And um, I'm looking forward to kind of fooling around with it because it uh, out of the box, those only run Lion. They won't run anything later than that, the original Mac Pros. But there is a hack you can do to get uh, Yosemite or El Capitan on there. Um, and you have to upgrade the graphics card as well, which uh, norm- normally means buying a PC one and then flashing it with a ROM. So there's a little bit of tinkering to do to kind of get the best out of it. But, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to doing that because that's kind of fun stuff to do over Christmas. So uh, I don't know. I'm not so much into doing that anymore. No, well, ordinarily, neither would I. But the thing is, I was thinking about this on the way home for less than the price of a brand new Mac. Of having having given my son the MacBook Air, I've now got a laptop at home and then a desktop at work that allows me to do everything I need to do, and that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And like you said, though, the price is right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because most people's demands are fairly low nowadays. I agree. Um, for and, and honestly, for what most people are doing, that's going to be more than enough machine. And if you do want it to go faster, more powerful, there's great solutions out there. But it's, it's already surpri- – underline, it's already supply- surprisingly quick even without the SSD. When I put the SSD in there, that's going to make it a lot quicker already. Um, you know, I mean, it does have eight cores, so you shouldn't expect even, – even though each of those cores doesn't run anywhere near as fast as the modern machine, you shouldn't expect to have to do an awful lot of waiting around for a computer like that. Yeah. So I don't know about you, David. It's uh, – it, the countdown is on. It's six days away. Uh, well, yeah. I, I'm – I'm really I I feel like the marketing for for the new Star Wars movie has been so overwhelming oversaturated yeah. and I'm I'm actively avoiding everything at the moment. I don't want you know, I like the surprise of going in to sing it. I don't want to know I, I agree about what, what the action figures are giving away about the plot and yep, um I'm with you know you. what the stars and the directors have said about this plot point and that plot point. I don't wanna know. I just wanna go and see the movie and enjoy it, just like I did with the original one. Well, not quite, but <laughs> Yeah. When we record the next episode, we we'll have seen the new Star Wars movie. I, I've got Chad Perry and I are going opening night, the first uh, screening, 
And uh, I bought my tickets so uh, maybe three weeks ago on Fandango here in the U.S. Yeah. And uh, it's the first tickets I've ever bought, you know, pre pre purchased, because yeah. I don't want to show up uh, the first or second day and there's a line of people and it's sold out. That'll just tick me off. So, and we're going to 2D. We're not going to see the 3D crap. I'm not. I I haven't got pre-sales tickets, so I don't know whether I'll actually see it next Thursday or not. I might actually wait to the following weekend. Why don't you just go and get some pre-sale tickets? Well, how am I going to do? How are we going to discuss this without giving stuff away next week? I suppose this is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, I will have to consult. In fact, I'm going to have a problem next Thursday. I'm in. I'm traveling for work. Maybe I should just. Maybe should just come back late. Maybe I should go and see it in Newcastle. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) <laughs> Give you something to think about on the ride back. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is be the last person to see it. I know else is what talking about do. it. You can get, you can f- go into the theater, fire up Periscope, and then Just I'll watch live, it. Live stream it to you. Going back to the train. Yeah, yeah we can do that. <laughs> no, we can't do that. Um, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Like you, uh, look, I, I started a private group on Facebook called Star Wars Talk, uh, like over a year ago. And it's private, so you can't. Nobody can just join it. You have to be invited in. So if anybody is friends with me on Facebook, and you want in on the group, just send me a message on Facebook, and I'll give you an invite. And it is just a few select people uh, that I that I really like that discuss Star Wars, or you know, posting cool pictures or fun little things. But one of the rules is no spoilers at all. If you know something about the new movies, don't say anything. But everybody in that group's going to see it, you know, the opening weekend. So it's going to be pretty safe to say, you know, this time, well, not maybe not this time next week, but you know, a, a couple of days after it opens, we can openly discuss it some. Um, but somebody, Michael, posted a new trailer, and it says new footage, and and I saw in the description you may not want to watch this, and I said, well, I'm not going to. Because I don't want to know too much. I don't want to go into the movie prejudging it on any level. Yeah. Although, it, the more I, I kind of reflect back on what I've seen of the trailers out there, it seems like a smaller movie. It seems like the trailers are only showing us a, a tiny little glimpse of what this movie is. And with a smaller yeah. cast. So... That's and that's okay well, with me. I, I'm not. I'm I not prejudging I, it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. No, I, I think you have got to remember the original movie did not have a huge cast. I mean, it's only really you, the for for the for the first two acts. It's probably a cast of ten. It's only really the final act where all of a sudden you see a whole load more people. No, no. I mean, you're not seeing. For instance, there's been no Luke Skywalker, and there's a lot of speculation on why you don't see him. I I don't care. I don't want to know. But no. But I keep seeing the footage of the same battle. I keep seeing the same mm-hmm. footage of them in a certain Death Star. Um, and it really seems like it's the three main characters are uh, the white girl, the black guy, and, and Solo. That seems like the three mm-hmm. main characters of this movie. That's fine with me. Um, yeah. But I, I think so far the trailers have really done a good job of not, not even telling us really what the plot is. Yeah. And because they don't have to, it's Star Wars. Everyone's going to go see it. 
I I always thought for this one that actually they probably didn't need to put any footage in the trailers at all. They could have just put Star Wars on the screen with the music and the date, and they probably still would have had as big an opening. Oh, as, no question, no question. But they you, they got to pay some lip service to the to the fans. The, I mean, somebody um somebody this week actually I, I did see ran a um uh, some old news footage of people like kind of build up to the phantom menace and then people's reactions after they came out <laughs> it's funny how history changes things because people had this level of excitement for the phantom menace and well, then sure. they came out and they were going oh it was amazing oh it was great oh it was the best thing i've ever seen all this sort of thing and and i'm thinking nobody thinks that about that movie nowadays well <laughs> even then though i remember people reading some of the first reviews and they were very positive and then people would come back a couple of days later and go you know what i went and watched it again yeah, with a little bit more of a critical eye, and eh, it's actually not very good because you got to remember though. I mean, when the Phantom Menace opened, all we had was the original three movies, and they were brilliant, at yeah. least in our minds. Um, <sighs> there was some bad acting in the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Hamill's role, you know, when he was whining all the time and stuff, it was yeah. it was not very good. No, but I don't know. I, I have a really good feeling about this movie. It, and it's not because of George Lucas. I mean, if this was a Lucas movie, I would have ten percent of the excitement I do right now. And I it's think that's probably clear. true with everybody. It's been very clear that this is not remotely what Lucas wants to do. He's yeah. made some comments that kind of been a bit guarded, and um, he's he's clearly not wanting to dump on somebody else's project. But this is clearly not. Not doesn't fit with his view of the world, and that's probably a good thing. I totally agree. I think that Lucas not having an involvement in these films now is absolutely for the best. Remember, we uh, we we didn't do it last year, but before we had been doing in October a swap with other shows in the Stoplight Network. I.e., mm-hmm. we would do somebody else's show, and you know, we all kind of just traded places for one episode. And it was a cool idea, and I think we definitely want to get back to that again. Um, but we did Geekiest Show Ever. That was the show that we yeah. were doing the week that Disney made the announcements that they purchased Lucasfilm. So we got, I remember Mark Greentree was like, I can't believe you guys got this show <laughs> for, for this announcement. So, you know, we were very excited that somebody other than Lucas is going to be in charge of this franchise and oh and i hear that the new star trek movie is going to have their trailer premiere in front of star wars that's right so that's kind of cool too because i as much star wars hype is going around i absolutely love the last two star trek movies i thought they were great and you know what's interesting when that news broke about star trek beyond's trailer being in star wars people start going oh like we can't wait to see it because really uh, star trek into darkness wasn't a great movie and I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute, where did this come from? Yeah, I <laughs> thought it was really good. I, I liked it a lot. Great movie. I mean, it had its problems, don't get me wrong. And the whole business about pretending that uh, uh, that the uh, major villain wasn't who they said he was um, and trying trying to fake you out with him being somebody else um, was kind of s- silly. But but I didn't think it was a bad movie. It wasn't perfect by any stretch of imagination. I, I think the first Star Trek right. movie was better. Um, yeah. I really like that movie, but I thought the second movie was a good follow-up, and I've got a good feeling about the next one, too. Uh-huh. But the guy yeah. who did those two movies 
is the guy doing Star Wars. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad they're not reinventing the wheel the way that they did with Star Trek. And I know there's still a lot of people out there who are unhappy with that. But I, I think know, it needed to is, be done. Yeah. You cut. I, I think with Star Trek, you had to do that because it was weighed. It was weighed down by. I mean, they kind of kind of done done it with the Star Wars movies as well. In that, when when um, Disney took it over, people kind of said, "Right, well, they're going to start doing more movies. What do they do about um, you know the extended universes?" Yeah, they just said no. That none they just of that said, is dump it is yep. gone. Yeah, just uh, the movies are, and the cartoons. That's the only thing that's, that's canon at that point. And and I think with Star Trek, the problem is there'd been so much material before, so many movies, so many TV series, that you had to basically do the same thing. And that was the only way you could do it, was was basically reset it in an alternate setting. Um, and I think that was the right thing to do. Uh-huh. I, 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 it's, it's, it's open. You could not have had... Yeah, the creative freedom to tell good stories. No, because everybody would have been constantly. Well, they still do it to a degree, but everybody would have been constantly saying, "Oh, but you know, in episode twenty-two of the original series, then Kirk said this, and that doesn't." You know, continuity kind of weighs you down. I mean, look at what look at how, what it's like in comic books. It's yes. exactly the same problem there. There, uh, you have to constantly retcon or reset or anything like that to actually move the storytelling on. Yep. So let's take our break here, David, and uh, we'll be right back with TechMan. Hi, I'm Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight and friend to Captain Solo. Are you lonely? Is there a girl you've had your eye on that you want to hook up with, but she doesn't know you exist? Well, for $99.99, the Luke Skywalker Jedi Council of Love can get you that girl that you want, but even more desperately need. The way we do this is by meeting with you in secret. During this meeting, you give us a name, location which the target can be found, and a picture of the target. We will then send one of our many Jedi to first hunt down your girl of choice, and then use our Jedi mind trick to make the girl of your dreams a reality. So call 1-888-JEDI-LOVE or visit geekiestshowever.com for more details. So put those days of mastering the Force choke behind you by getting in touch with the Luke Skywalker Jedi Council of Love by listening to the all-new geekiest show ever, Wizard! Back here on TechFan 234, I'm Tim Robertson with Star Wars pre-sale tickets. There's David Cohen. He doesn't, so it might be a couple days after the movie opens before he gets to see it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> gonna run well, that make, in. Make, make you, know, you know, here's a funny thing. I had said publicly on Facebook that I am not buying pre-sale tickets to a movie. This is that's crazy. And I saw someone else said the same thing, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook, and of course I caved. And yeah. then I saw that same person. Yeah, caved too. She had caved too, and she because she had posted pictures. I was like, ah, look, I'm I'm not alone. She caved too, and it was so funny because that was somebody else that I knew on Facebook that had also said that they weren't going to get presale tickets. It's, yeah. I, I, you know, here I, is it the hype, David? I don't think it is. I think it's simply I want to make sure I see the movie as soon as I can. So I got opening night tickets. It didn't cost me anything extra, and I was going to go anyway. So what the hell? I guess I guess what kind of puts me off is is being there in a big crowd full of people hooting and hollering you know i I kind of want to i I want to enjoy it a little bit more than that dude opening night the people who are going to be there that gets pre-sale tickets are are diehard star war fans 
They are. As but soon as also no, very as so- very excited. Yes, but as soon as that movie starts, they're all going to be like shh 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 shh. You reckon? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, but, no but question you about guarantee it. Guarantee there'll be a certain percentage of screenings where there's kind of a group of five guys who decide to go on Thursday night. Uh, and who aren't particular big things who start mocking and then the fight break out. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think anyone's going to do that. No, no, you don't think, you don't think anyone's going to get beaten over the head with a plastic lightsaber. <laughs> if they sit behind me and they start making a lot of noise, I, I won't have a plastic lightsaber, but they might get the shit beat out of them. But other no, than that, See, exactly. You're but I won't, but I won't interrupt the movie. I'll, I'll quietly just. You know, turn around, grab him by the throat, pull him into my seat, choke him out, <laughs> shove him under my chair, chattel kind of, you know. Use a forced chokehold, but a physical one. <laughs> but a physical one. And, and then Chad and I will just stuff him under the chair, and when he starts coming to, we'll just heel punch him in the face to knock him back out a little bit longer. It'll That'd be a little be- distracting for Chad and I, but we'll we'll <laughs> we'll keep people in line. So this is not the movie you've been looking for. And you know, because I'm seeing it here in Battle Creek, Michigan, uh, another tech fan listener, David, believe it or not... Uh, might actually be there that same day. I don't know because he lives. He lives. That's a pretty good segue. He <laughs> lives in Augusta, Michigan, which is literally. Uh, I can be there in twelve minutes. I mean, Augusta's just the next time ty- town right to our west. Mister Jerry Johnson. Yeah, and he good sent us you, absolutely. Go ahead and read that email. Said, I just finishing listening to your rant on Apple killing the three and a half millimeter audio jack. You are the first podcaster to express my frustration. I listen to a lot of podcasts, podcasts, and most are supportive of the removal. Why? If you don't need the jack, don't use it, but leave it for those of us who have a need for it. I am a headphone aficionado and a frequent poster at headfi.org, head-fi.org, which is a great site if you're into uh, audio. Absolutely, it is. Although I have decent Bluetooth headphones, I still want to be able to plug in my better headphones. Also, I'm not sure how this would affect listening on a plane. Is Bluetooth acceptable on a flight? That's a great point because actually you're not meant to use Bluetooth on an aircraft. A dongle would be very inconvenient. Seriously, shaving a little thickness is just not needed, especially at the expense of this necessary jack. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm your neighbor. I live in Augusta, so it's nice to hear a local guy. Your OWC radio is always interesting, too, and has introduced me to new authors, podcasters, and more. Thanks. Well, thank you, Jerry, for the comment. Absolutely. And let me start at the end of that. Uh, OWC radio, I haven't done one in a little while, and that's because we're kind of going through a reorg at OWC. Um, but it's coming back very soon. Cool. I'm looking forward to interviewing more people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do have to have you on OWC Radio, David. I've yeah, had Guy Searle. No, you've never yeah. done it. No, no, I had Guy Searle. I've had uh, Owen Rubin back in the day. Uh, I've had Peter Cohen, but I haven't had David Cohen. So so let, let me know the schedule once you're going to start it up again, and then we'll figure something out. Yeah. It's going to be after Christmas, so mm-hmm. probably early January we'll start doing them again. But I've got two really big shows in January. I'll be at the FETC show in Orlando. And then I will be at the uh, NAM, N-A-M-M, in uh, Southern California. Uh, not the doing very CES next week. this year? No, not doing CES. So, no. uh, okay. But those are two really big shows, So, and they're yeah. literally back-to-back. So I will do the FETC show. I'll be in Orlando for like five days. I fly home for uh, like two days, and then I'm off to California for seven days. So not, it's not, it's, it's not going to be fun. Don't get me wrong because that's a lot of traveling, 
but I really enjoy doing these shows. I like uh, OWC's products, the people that I work with there. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an employee. If I wasn't happy, people here would know it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, look, I, I was doing stuff for OWC as a non-employee going way back to 2009. They contracted my Mac Productions, my company, to edit video, do voiceovers, start up OWC Radio back then. And I did it for them for about a year before I left. Uh, why I stopped doing that contract with them because I became the CE, uh, the C, what was my position? COO of Mac Specialist. Mm -hmm. And Apple, Apple kind of suggested they would rather me not do the OWC stuff while I was running an Apple store. So, yeah. um, I, I always like doing stuff with, uh, OWC. It's a really good company and it's growing like you wouldn't believe right now, David. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to push up, you know, advertising for the company I work for because they don't pay me to do that. This is our show. But, yeah. you know, I, when you like the company you work for and it's kind of a related field to what we're doing here, especially with podcasting, um, I think it's disingenuous not to talk about it sometimes. Sure. So that's what's going on with OWC Radio. We've gone through a, a kind of a major shift in the company and it, there was some question on, how, you know, what that show is going to focus on. Is it going to be like it was before? Is it going to be a Mac sales.com show or is it going to still be OWC? Because those two brands have kind of broken apart at this point um, in a good way. So it's coming back. It's still going to be OWC radio. We're going to have some really interesting guests. Uh, I think one of the first guests we're going to have coming up is going to talk about film preservation, which is something that, I think is kind of important. I mean, there's a lot of films out there, David, that are in really bad shape, you know, yeah. and how do we preserve that history of films? What kind of technology do they use? So I'm looking forward to learning more about that and uh, a lot of other guests on that show. But let's get back to uh, this email from Jerry. He mm -hmm. is uh, appreciative of my rant, and it was a rant. I listened to that show back. I was, yeah. I was ranting pretty good. You were steamed. I was. Yeah, and, and there's no further developments on this story either. I mean, for all we know, it's completely false or it's completely true. We just we won't know for a while, at least until yeah. WWDC or in case we'll probably know before that because we get a lot of leaks from Apple products nowadays. It's like yeah. a sieve over there. Yeah, well, there's a big supply chain, and you know, there's loads of people at every turn who can. And they don't operate in a vacuum, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. So, so I guess I guess we'll know if this is coming, and maybe we'll have some chance to accommodate it in our minds. But you know, Jerry's right. I I listen to a lot of the tech podcasts as well, and while a lot, a lot of people kind of discuss the pros and cons and this, that, and the other, there's very few people who were going. Well, in fact, there was nobody who said they really shouldn't do this. This is a really bad idea. And certainly nobody who was felt strongly as you saying, I could move away from Apple from Apple phones if they do this. So, uh, and, and I can imagine a lot of people will feel like that. I think you know, so. It's, 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 it does come, whatever the, whatever the reasons for it. And I would hope they would have some better reasons than pure aesthetics. Um, I, I, I think that people would, there will be a certain group of people who will look at that and go, oh, this is just Apple just nicking and nickel and diming us for another piece of dongle. Um, why did they do this? And, uh, you know, this is part of forcing people to upgrade this, that, and the other. Uh, and, and that will push them away. And um, I, I doubt that's something they want, really. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, he's right about the Bluetooth. I don't think you're supposed to use it. You're supposed to put your... 
your mobile devices in airplane mode. But the thing is, if you put it in airplane mode, you can still turn on Bluetooth. We can, but then it's not it's not technically in airplane mode. The That's whole point true. about airplane mode is shut all the radios off. Yeah. So um, if you do that, then you're you're kind of breaching what you've agreed to do. I, no, no plane's going to crash as a result of Bluetooth. No, or Wi-Fi, or cellular, no, I mean, or in fact, most 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 planes. That's funny now. Most planes now actually have their own internal Wi-Fi, so yeah. they're kind of doing that. Um, but yeah, technically speaking, you're not meant to use Bluetooth on an aircraft. Um, the, the the difficulty with for me with Bluetooth on an aircraft is that it's another thing that needs to be fully charged before you get on the plane. Well, that's what I was talking about with my review of these Philips headphones. That you know, I didn't charge them up and I couldn't use it. Now it turns out that the button itself is broken on these. I don't know if I got back to that or not. The button is broke, uh, and Amazon can't send me another pair. So these are now wired only headphones, but they sound great. Except. I, it, the the uh, what do you call it? The silent mode. The uh, air. What am I? The voice cancellation. The what is yeah, it? Yeah, no, noise cancellation. noise cancellation. Thank you. Yeah. Wow, complete meltdown there. Uh, that's not going to work if you can't turn them on. So that kind yeah. of sucks. But I can live with a little bit of background hum and stuff. I could turn up the music loud enough. But it does, especially if you're sitting on an airplane and listening to a movie on your iPad. You can hear the airplane in the background. That is a little bit distracting, but I I, I can live with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I don't see the point in Bluetooth for just the wireless functionality on an airplane. I mean, you're you're a foot away from the device that you're plugged into. Yeah. So that's to me that's not a big deal. Um, but if it's because of the noise cancellation, yeah, I, that's kind of an issue. Mm-hmm. And then they yeah. only say though, you got to put it in airplane mode and all that while you're landing and taking off. They don't say that when you're up in the air because they, they encourage you to, to join their Wi-Fi network and to spend a whole bunch of money on doing so and watching their content that they're charging for. Yeah. yeah. So, Yeah. I know, it's a strange one. It definitely is. But, you know, I mean, obviously Jerry's perspective is an audiophile and, and you know, no, nobody nobody in their right mind would say that Bluetooth is particularly an audiophile solution compared to a cable. I'd love to hear uh, more from Jerry. Um, let us know what headphones that you really like. I'm, I'm very much uh, into headphones. I've got, like I said, probably eight to ten pair of headphones. And I'm not including the little cheap Apple earbud things because I've got way more of those and <laughs> that I care to admit. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think this new HD fire HD came with headphones. No, no, I don't think it did. Does it have a three and a half millimeter jack? It absolutely does. <laughs> the build quality, you know, I've been looking at this while we've been talking. It's, yeah. it kind of reminds me of a three GS iPhone, the way it kind of yeah. curves a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. I, I, I think yeah. I like this device. I got to play with it more. I, you know, I, this is not a review, but the case itself, though, is a little kind of janky. Mm-hmm. I don't think I like the case. It feels more like a hard rubber. The the case on the last yeah. one was much better. Although I heard the speakers on the new one are, is really good. So, yeah, it's interesting. I like I like that they come in colors now. Yeah, it's kind of nice. You, you, know, you, you like- probably don't remember the "It Comes in Colors" Apple ad from back in the day with the IMAX. Uh, uh, no, not, no, that was, that was what, with the original CRT IMAX? Yeah. Oh yeah, well I remember seeing them, um, 
you know, the kind of the, the one taken from overhead with five of them all in a kind of a circle. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, I remember seeing them because they, they advertise them a lot when that. I'm playing it right out. now, so I know you can't hear it, but the people listening can. That's a Rolling Stones song, that's right. Yeah. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> you know, I, I was musing on this um, this morning, I was listening to a podcast, they were talking about this new um, battery case that Apple's done that everyone's complaining about because it's... <laughs> it, it appears to look... It has It's a silicon rubber case with a big bulge in the back where the battery is. Yeah. It's, almost, it's almost like somebody took uh, a third-party battery and duct-taped it I, I think it's ugly. Yeah, well, this is what I was thinking about I, because yeah, everyone goes on about about Apple being driven by design and maybe Johnny Ive has too much power and the things he cares about, uh, like the thinness with the phones and everything, drive these kind of potentially crazy decisions. And everyone's going, "Why don't we just have it as thick as it as it was last year and have more power and that sort of thing?" And this kind of looks like, well, for whatever reason, the entrance to Johnny Ive, Johnny Ive's kind of. Um, White or white background design heaven that he lives in was closed for the day, and so they kind of handed it over to a guy who who said, oh, "I want to go on the Shark Tank and and do a battery case the iPhone." And they said, "Well, we'll make it for you," <laughs> because that's kind of what it looks like. It, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> really ugly. Yeah, it's very unapple-esque, if you will. It's I. When I saw it, I thought it was kind of a, a April Fool's joke in December. I thought, ah, that's not from Apple. Oh, no, that's from Apple. I thought, wow. I can only assume that the ethos behind this design was that, well, this is for people who occasionally want to put a battery pack on their phone, not for people who want it on there all the time. That, I, I think I suspect that's where they're coming from with this. So they kind of said, well, if we make it out of silicon rubber and we, and the whole thing is not stiff with battery – then you can kind of just slip it on when you need it if you're going to be traveling for a day and then you don't have to have it on there all the time and hiding the phone in behind an ugly case. Um, I can only assume that because it's fair to say I've had I've had the Mophies for different phones before and you, you basically you put the thing in there, you're never going to take it out again. You don't want to be taking it on and off. And the Mophies, uh, though, they're nice looking. Yeah, they are. But the point is I think the design decision Apple made with this cases well we want to design something for occasional use not for all day all day every day use and i think that's why they went with it like that and they've done that because they've made it so ugly that people don't want to use it <laughs> it's a hell of a theory man that's a hell of a theory they made it so ugly that you got to take it off <laughs> basically you only use it when you absolutely have to <laughs> so you know what's been in the news a lot and i know we're getting a little bit long in the tooth here uh but i think this is important Two things came up about the new uh, the new uh, Pixel, the Pixel yeah. C from Google, which tab- is a tablet, and uh, you can get a keyboard for it. So it's kind of a laptop-esque type of iPad Pro Surface thing. Yeah, but it's, a, it's a docking keyboard that docks yeah. with a connector on the side. So it, it is kind of, yeah, like the Surface yep. or the Pro, yeah. I don't it's, know. It's uh, the not, first it's thing is art review. Yeah, Ar, well, Ars Technica came and they pretty much tore it apart. They yeah. from an aesthetic standpoint and the build quality and the quality of the device itself, it's really good. The screen is really fantastic. Uh, it feels well built, but from a software 
side, which let's be honest, is probably more important than the design itself or, or as important. Mm. The software is terrible on it. Yeah. And the ecosystem for Android tablets apps just isn't there. And so a lot of the apps that you can run on this look like, because they are, simply blown-up phone apps. Yeah. Well, this is the reason why Amazon went their own way with, even though it's running Android underneath, they've, they've put their own stuff on the top because they don't want people to have that experience uh, with the Kindle with the Kindle Fires. Um, and even the best-selling... Um, the best-selling Android uh, tablet, the one that I mentioned from a couple of years ago, the Google Nexus, one of the things people said was a lot of the apps weren't very good for it. They, I mean, what? I'm not surprised the hardware's great because I, I own a Chromebook Pixel, um, and it is fa- it's a fantastic computer in terms of build quality. It's quite amazing how Apple-esque it's like. It really is as good as anything Apple's ever made in terms of how it feels. So it, I'm not surprised they can turn out good hardware, but... What's the point of doing that? The software sucks. If you, you've got something nice to use in your hand that has great battery life and a great screen, all that does is make the software look worse. And, the software is not up to scratch. Yeah, and Ars Technica has a, an article that you sent me a link to, and I, yeah. hey, I had actually seen this before, mm-hmm. uh, before you sent it to me. Is, and the title is, uh, The Pixel C was probably never supposed to run Android. Which yeah. is interesting. If it's not going to run Android, and this is a tablet from Google, what the hell is it supposed to run? Windows? So so apparently it was uh, originally intended to run a touch-centric version of Chrome OS, which yeah. is what the Chromebooks run, which would have made a lot more sense to me. Um, I agree. I, I, I mean, you and I, we, we've, we've said on this show before, we really like Chromebooks. I like Chrome OS much better than I like Android OS. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think... Chrome OS is is a triumph in that it's something that sounded like a really stupid idea, you know. And pure OS is just a web browser, but the stuff they built into it, they built in just enough local functionality that actually makes it extremely seamless to use. Yeah, I found playing around with the Chromebook that you have to go quite a long way before all of a sudden you start saying, "Oh, there's something that because of the limitations of the system I can't do." Probably you can go a fair bit further than you can with iOS, to be honest. Um, yeah. So, well, and, you, Android. I mean, it, it, in some respects, it's kind of unfair to Android because there are some distributions of Android that work really well. I think better than the standard stock Android that Google produces. And yeah. you don't have to look any farther than what we opened the show with, which was the Kindle Fire. That is running Android, but yet yeah. it's unlike any Android out there, and it's really smooth. It's somewhat intuitive. Um, I mean, the the my problem opening the, this book, notwithstanding, it, it's a good OS, and it really does feel like it's married to this hardware. It doesn't feel like an OS slapped onto some OEM phone, which is what most Android feels like on most yeah. phones. So, um, you know, the the thing about the Chromebook, about Chrome OS, is it can do an awful lot of what most people want to do very easily. Um, Especially on a portable device. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the media consumption, everything is great. The video players built into it are fabulous. The offline modes work for the for their apps really, really well. Um, I think I think a, a, 
a tablet with a keyboard running Chrome OS would have been pretty fabulous, actually. I yeah. think that would have done really well. Um, but the, there seems to be some kind of Microsoft-style war going on inside Google at the moment. You've got the Android guys on one side, and you've got the Chrome OS guys on the other. And I think the company itself is is vacillating about which way it wants to go. Um, and I think the the Pixel C was a was a, a casualty of that. And let's face it, nobody's going to buy this thing. It's four hundred and fifty dollars. It might be built as well as a, as an iPad, but if it's running Android, the the market for and pure Android tablets is. In, I mean, infinitesimally small because of the software. Yep. Yeah, and that's I, that's no? the biggest problem. And why Why would you spend four hundred fifty dollars on a premium Google Pixel tablet when you can get one for half the price that works as well? Right. If if the, if you're going to have a crappy software experience, you might as well not be in the hole for a, a big chunk of change. So, so then here's the question: What happened? Do you think there was some kind of an internal fight within Google, which is actually, this is what I think, that there was some kind of a struggle within between Android OS and Chrome OS that whose OS is going to be on this tablet? And Chrome came back saying, well, you know, it, it makes sense for this to run Chrome. It, it's more of a laptop than a phone uh, because of the, uh, the keyboard and how what the use case is going to be for this. And this can get us into direct competition with the iP- uh, the iPad. And Chrome came back and said, no, this is a mobile device, and that's it's touchscreen. That's got to be Android. Mm. And I think Android won. I, I think so. I, I wonder if the kind of the reorganization that's going on in Google has kind of, you know, with the alphabet and all of that yeah. has, has something to do with this. I think, I think they're trying to pivot, but they don't know which way to pivot. Well, they, um, they made a wrong and- pivot here. I th- well, I think so because this is effectively this is a dead product. They might they'd be probably be better just keeping it and, and not releasing it rather than. Uh, but maybe they'd already made a whole ton of them before. Uh, oh, I'm sure they have. This decision was made. I'm <laughs> sure know, they, so they have. Had to, had to offload them somewhere, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it it does seem to be apparent that somebody somebody along the somebody high up within Google said, you know what, we are not. Gonna under it would have undercut the Android tablet market, obviously. What Android tablet market? That's the thing. Well, other than other than the Amazon Fire, and I don't think it would have affected that at all. There is no Amazon tablet market. It, it's all cheapy things. It's look. I get I get emails from AT and T as an AT and T customer. Hey, add another line, and we'll give you this tablet for free. And it's always a Samsung tablet, the highest one that they that Samsung makes. The big you know the, their flagship tablet product. AT and T can't give these things away. Nobody's no, buying the, the Android tablets. They're just not. No, but 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 if if Google had come out with a with a, a premium tablet running Chrome OS, then uh-huh. Samsung would have been very unhappy. So what? They're and not. Sam's, they don't. They're not beholden. And and look, there's been a well, lot of rift between the two companies, been, anyways. Yeah. They may they may not be beholden to them in the tablet space, but I say they pretty are beholden to them in the phone space. That's the problem. Yeah, but what's Samsung going to do? Come out with their crappy OS that they've already tried to probably. release and nobody wants? Probably. I think I think that the problem is in terms of Android sales, Samsung is seen as the market leader yeah. uh, for phones, and and I think Google blinked when Samsung said, "Oh no, you don't." Yeah, that could be exactly. could could very well be. Uh, I'm not going to argue it because i i think you you may be right i think samsung or i'm sorry i I think google in this 
situation made a tactical error. And look, they had this whole thing on, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, I cannot think of who it was. Now they, they did a, uh, a talk, an open talk. Who was that with? What did they do? Oh, Resedit. A Reddit. Yeah. Sorry. Reddit. That's right. Yeah. They did a ask us anything from the Google Pixel C team and it went really, really bad. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you go and look at that discussion now, a whole bunch have been deleted. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently it was, it was, it was pretty much carnage. Yeah. Um, and, um, some of the things that are left in there, I, I kind of browsed through it and, and, you know, somebody kind of said, well, how you, how do you deal with the crappy tablet ecosystem, um, for software? And, and their, their answer was kind of a peppy. Oh, well, we think that, you know, it, it is a chicken and egg situation, but we think the first step to that is have decent hardware with like the Pixel C. And it's just like, oh my God, that sounds like a marketing answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's, uh, that's not a real answer at all. No, it didn't go well for them at all. And, <sighs> You know, the reviews were already out and posted before they they did this Reddit. And you would think that they would have been like, ah, yeah, let's not do the Reddit because these reviews are just yeah. bad and we're probably going to get eaten alive. And and they did. I, I mean, mean uh, yeah, I, I know I know there's a hell of a lot of trolling that goes on in Reddit. Yeah, uh, but, you know, but uh, some it's, of the comments I that I saw were spot on. Yeah, I find it hard to believe that even if they did this at a Google Dev conference, um, that people would have responded positively to this device now it's out. Yeah. And and they're already talking about the next version of Android having split screen multitasking like the iPad does on iOS nine and you know, it's all gonna come across as too little too late. Um, Maybe. And I, I think that I think the Android tablet market is dead and if I was Google uh I would hasten its end by releasing a new Pixel C within six months that runs Chrome. And aim yeah. it directly at the educational market, initially. Yeah. I think it would go really well there. Bundle them with a keyboard and a stylus, think, if you want. And uh, I, I think, think they would I do think well. It would, I think it would take it even further than that. A lot of companies are running Google Apps, and a lot of those guys would like to have... A, yeah, but a, you got to start somewhere. And I think starting... Look, Chrome OS is extremely popular in schools. It just is. And the ecosystem is yeah. already built for for Chrome in, in education. So that's where you start. That's where you start selling a lot of these two. And the profits from sales there is what's going to fund getting into businesses and eventually the home market. But I think they start with a, with a Chrome tablet in education because it just, it seamlessly blends in with the workflow that's already established there. And it's where you Apple only, is really yeah. falling apart. They're, they're doing you, horrible you can, in education. Yeah, you can only hope that um, if the Pixel C as it is does not sell well, that they will uh, reverse course and, and maybe look like that. You know, if, if Amazon was wanting to expand their tablet market, I think that they would be really smart to release a Kindle with Chrome OS and release it to the educational market. Could you imagine how big that product would be using the, the Kindle yeah. brand name in education? that's running Chrome OS that already works with the infrastructure in schools, that would be massively big. Maybe I yeah. should edit that out and we can approach uh, Amazon. Yep. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the tech fan podcast. We'd love to get feedback from you. Uh, simply send an email to the show at 
techfanpodcast.com or you can just go to techfanpodcast.com and uh, like like Jerry did and leave a comment in the show notes and we will read them here on TechFan. And of course, Jerry, we'd, we'd lo- I'd love to hear from you on what your kind of go-to headphones are right now. Give me give me a couple of them. Which ones you really like? Because, look, I'm not... There's no shortage of headphones here in my house, <laughs> yeah. but I'm always looking for something cool. So, so if you've got an opinion, and I think you probably do, let us know. What do you think? What what headphones should our listeners be checking out after Christmas is over with all those gift cards that we all get? <laughs> so, anything else, David? No, that's all from me. All right, may the force be with you, brother. <laughs> I hope so. Bye. <laughs>